0: A social media threat aimed at some Collier County high schools circulated early Friday morning. It turned out to be a hoax.
1: But how do law enforcement officers tell the difference between a hoax and a credible threat? In an era when kids can say anything online at any time, how do we weed out the fake threats and keep students safe from the real ones? In this episode, we'll explore how the Collier County Sheriff's Office's unique relationship with the schools keeps children safe, and we'll look at a real-life example of how a threat is assessed and investigated. This is Sworn Statement, a podcast by the Collier County Sheriff's Office under the direction of Sheriff Kevin Rambosk, where we explore the public safety issues unfolding here in Southwest Florida. I'm your host, Adam Fisher.
2: Not every incident is a direct threat of school violence. Sometimes it's just a concerning behavior, and that's where that assessment piece comes in, not only from us and SIS, but the other members of, of the threat management team.
1: Sergeant Jason Velasquez of the Collier County Sheriff's Office Special Investigations Section conducts those assessments and decides what's real and what's fake.
2: Is this just a person who's screaming for help, or is this an actual credible threat that we have to verify and then mitigate and neutralize as fast as possible.
1: Since taking office in 2009, Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambosk has made protecting our schools and our kids his top priority. To do that, Sheriff Rambosk created an innovative, multifaceted approach to school safety. It's known as CCSO's Threat Management Team. Sergeant Velasquez has been with the Sheriff's Office since 2005, And since 2017, he has worked as a detective in the Special Investigation Section, or SIS, which handles cases of a sensitive nature, including school threats.
2: So SIS is just one facet of the threat management team. It's comprised of the Youth Relations Bureau, Special Investigation Section, Behavioral Health Bureau, Delinquency Prevention Services Unit, and we have a threat assessment coordinator, as well as a ranking member from CCPS that's involved.
1: All those bureaus of the Sheriff's Office work together in close conjunction with Collier County Public Schools. However, it is SIS that investigates school threats. These threats can come from anywhere. It might be a comment overheard in the hallway, or a note passed in class, a message written on a wall. Or, most likely these days, it could come through social media. And for the Threat Management Team, it is essential to investigate every single rumor, message, or picture of threatening value, even if someone claims it's a joke.
3: Because we want to resolve it. Because, yeah, we know a lot of these end up being a joke or, you know, they're not real, but we can't take, in this day and age, we can't take that for granted. History has taught us that lesson. All of these unfortunate situations that have happened, there have been signs and symptoms that people have dismissed. And if we don't learn those lessons, shame on us.
1: That's Mark McDonald, the Administrative Supervisor for Safety and Security for Collier County Public Schools. He's thankful that the Sheriff's Office doesn't ignore any potential threat.
3: We are very fortunate here in Collier County that we have a group of people that don't. They take it seriously. They work it to the. there's nothing else to work to figure out, Is this? is there anything to this? and again we're very fortunate that many times there isn't but when there is immediately the appropriate things are put in place where services are needed if it you know whatever is needed
1: it's put into place immediately and so we're very fortunate here to have that that's exactly what happened one night in October of 2021 when a potential threat surfaced that put the threat management team into action late that night the sheriff's office received a report that a threat against a school was posted on social media. But it was unclear which school was being threatened. Sergeant Velasquez and his team quickly began investigating and worked until sunrise the next morning to ensure the schools were safe. Sergeant Velasquez gave us a breakdown of the extensive work the threat management team did that night. Our 911
2: operators received a call from the community uh, with concerns of a social media post that their child had seen. In doing so, they immediately called 911 and wanted to say, hey, is this concerning? Do I have to worry about my child going to school the next day? Uh, Comms was very wise. They immediately contacted SIS. Uh, I responded in along with one of my detectives to start analyzing the post. The reporter was wise enough to send us screenshots of the post so that we could start looking at the details within the post to see where that originated and who was the target. We ended up spending hours upon hours trying to create emergency subpoenas based off of some of the threads that were in this post to identify who had been reposting it. Unfortunately, within three hours, the communications division received over 160 calls on one singular post. Um, Thankfully for them, they are very good at adjusting on the fly. And with our help, they were able to create a database amongst those calls to delineate exactly which post they were referring to. Um, Because it gets reposted so many times, it became viral. When it became viral, some of the details within the post, i.e. the initials of the school, started to get blurred out um, and what initially looked like one letter changed into looking like another letter, and then it was then altered to look like the other letters of another high school. So we had three high schools that were unfortunately affected by this post. Um, Throughout the evening, like I said, emergency subpoenas were sent out to a social media platform where we were able to get account holders' IDs through their user, user names. And for the next several hours, we ended up having knocks on parents' doors to conduct interviews of the children who had reposted this. We ended up finding out the post didn't even originate in the state of Florida. Hmm. It originated outside of the state at a completely different targeted high school, um, which thankfully for us, hey, we were able to identify, but we were having to work with CCPS and their public information officer and CCSOs to put out information that after multiple hours of this type of investigation, We found there to be no credibility to the threat, Um, and that was our whole goal. So by 5.30 in the morning, we were able to put out notification that the the threat was not credible. We'd been working on it all night. We did identify the source of that threat, and it was being addressed and turned over to that county out of state.
1: When investigating threats, the sheriff's office works closely with the school district. Dr. Rachel Dawes, the director of student relations for Collier Schools, said Sheriff Rambosk's threat management team is so effective because of that relationship with the schools.
0: School district and the sheriff's office have an absolutely tremendous relationship and both uh, start from the top down. So from the sheriff and our superintendent to the next layer and the next layers and so forth. So everybody works together very collaboratively and we're all here for the same purpose, which is to keep students safe and campuses and staff safe so that obviously our students can learn. The relationship has become even more vital over the years. Yes because not only are threats on the rise but copycat threats even if kids say it as a joke um, which fortunately unfortunately you predominantly see them as a joke. However there are consequences that go with that. There's a lot of manpower and man hours that go into these threats that the sheriff's office and the school district investigate every single one. and We have to take every threat seriously, which we could not do without the support of the sheriff's office. They will absolutely knock on doors in the middle of the night if a threat comes in and is reported.
1: Sergeant Velasquez and his team are trying to teach students that they need to report any threats they see and not repost them. Anytime an image or a message is shared online, it creates another step that investigators must take to get to the root of the threat. In the October 2021 case mentioned before, the SIS team had to sift through dozens and dozens of reposts and shares on social media, which only slowed the investigation.
2: Like I said, in the case, you know, last year at 1030 at night when we're running around and doing emergency subpoenas, Every time that's reposted, that's another layer I have to peel off, and our unit has to peel off to get to the origin. Um, I understand social media is pretty much their main form of communication nowadays. So a lot of times they are checking with their friends, Yo, did anybody see this? Um, And as much as they want to stay informed to try and be safe, it also causes a hurdle for us to neutralize that threat and see if it's even credible. That had been reposted over probably 50 or 60 times which is another layer. You know? So if you take a piece of paper and you thought, go, I gotta go through all those papers until I get to that origin. Um, and the whole office does. I had deputies running all over the county that night, trying to get as much information as possible because someone may have a different screen grab than another. Someone may have them on their friends list. Someone may be able to pull up a user ID that the other person didn't have. Um, so reposting it, it, it's not helping. If you have a question, report it to the sheriff's office, have us investigate it immediately And we get that information out to you as soon as possible. And we want to get you the most correct and accurate answer. We'll tell you when it's credible. We'll tell you when it's not. We'll tell you what actions we're taking to try and mitigate that. This past week, we had a a threat that was made. Um, And Youth Relations Bureau did a wonderful job of having an extra presence on campus. Both agencies, PIOs, put out public information that they were aware of the threat. They allowed us to do that investigation. And we were able to identify who the origin of that threat was. Unfortunately, that did result in an arrest of a juvenile. That being said, that was not our goal. Our goal was to try and keep these kids safe. To try and allow parents to say, it's okay to drop my kids off at school today. Sheriff's office is there, the teachers are there, they care. They want to get to the bottom of this, and we want to make sure nothing happens to them. Um, So reposting it just slows that process. So we're trying to avoid that, we're trying to get the youth and the community to understand that's not the best option the best option is to report it. It allows us to get out there quicker, to start identifying, respond, assess, mitigate, and neutralize. Uh, The quicker you allow law enforcement to get involved and to try and work on their process of mitigating those types of threats, the quicker we can get it resolved and the quicker people can go back to their normal function.
1: The Sheriff's Office and the school district have been working hand-in-hand hand for more than 40 years. In 1977, then-Sheriff Aubrey Rogers created our Youth Relations Bureau. Since then, CCSO has had a uniformed deputy in every school. That gives the Sheriff's Office a close working relationship with the schools, but more importantly, it also allows deputies to get to know the students.
4: And I think across the country, people are familiar with the term of school resource officer. But what's unique about Collier County is they chose the word youth relations deputy. And relations and relationships is really kind of the key in what we do. And so, you know, not only keeping students safe, but also keeping students safe, but also forging relationships with students, parents, and our partners at the Collier County Public
1: Schools. Sergeant Nick Schaffer has spent a decade in CCSO's Youth Relations Bureau. Sergeant Schaffer said that when it comes to protecting the schools, gaining the trust of the students is an important part of detecting threats.
4: And, and, and most of the information that we get is actually from students, parents, that are coming to the deputy at the school because of that relationship they built. It's very unique to have someone that's almost wedged between these two different organizations that, that kind of builds that, that bridges that gap. It is ver- it's, it's very unique, I think, compared to different avenues or arenas within law enforcement where you do kind of go about your your day, you get finished, you do a job, you go about your day. The kids that you know, the parents, you know, the teachers, you know, the administrators, they're there the day after and the day after that and the day after that. So it is, it is personal. And there's almost a moral obligation you have to making sure that these kids are safe. It's become kind of your adjunct family. I don't know because of that, obligation that we have, that, the commitment we have to, to making sure that, that our kids are safe, that you could ever possibly consider taking a chance of not investigating every threat and, and missing that, that opportunity.
1: When those threats are discovered, the special investigation section, which we discussed earlier with Sergeant Velasquez, often turns to other divisions within the threat management team for help. That's where those relationships forged by the Youth Relations Bureau can become so important
4: when there is a threat that's received is you have the initial report but there's also a process that that involves speaking to other students speaking to teachers you know the Clark County Public Schools has staff in place licensed mental health practitioners school psychologists all these people that come together collectively to discuss what's going on because there are bits and pieces of of information that the deputy may not know they're not in the classroom every day they don't see them in that light but there may be things that a teacher sees we can bring the teacher and we can figure out things they're saying in the classroom or the school psychologist, things that they're saying. So just almost this red tape that you think of, you know, just no longer exists because of this program we have set up where there's this free flow of communication.
1: Thank you to Sergeant Jason Velasquez of the Special Investigation Section and Sergeant Nick Schaffer of the Youth Relations Bureau for their help with this episode. And special thanks to Collier County Public Schools especially Mark McDonald and Rachel Dawes for sitting down and spending time with us. This has been Sworn Statement, a production of the Collier County Sheriff's Office under the direction of Sheriff Kevin Rambosk. This episode was written and produced by me, Adam Fisher, with audio recording and editing by Brian Barcello. Thank you for listening.